This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. One of the most difficult challenges to deal with in the work setting is to really face the loss of a work colleague. And I'm talking about the loss of that colleague through death. Losing a colleague is very upsetting in the work context, especially if that person was well loved in the workplace. And also, if they did significant work in the company, there's a huge void on both a personal level and also a work-oriented level. There's now, if you think about your organization as a tapestry or a beautiful piece of fabric, there's now a hole in that tapestry. There's a missing piece. And the tapestry is no longer the same because of the absence of the beloved coworker. Grief and loss are very real phenomena. And people need time to grieve and to get over the shock of a loss. This is especially true if the person who is deceased died suddenly and unexpectedly. And if the person was also a younger person, this is even more difficult. We have been in a season in this world where because of the coronavirus, many people are even dying because of that. And younger people or people unexpectedly or even suddenly. So many workplaces are facing this phenomenon and this difficulty. In other situations where maybe the person has had a long illness for a number of years or a number of months, and so the decline may be gradual, the workplace has a little bit of time to start preparing and to get ready or to even consider the possibility that the person may no longer be here. However, sudden loss is difficult to navigate through. So I want to share just a number of things about that process and what you can do in the workplace. Many years ago, Kubler-Ross, a researcher, wrote a book, and she also wrote a five-stage grief process. And I want to mention the five stages and simply to say most people will need to go through all five of these stages, and they're not necessarily in order nor do you go through and now suddenly that's the end, you will find yourself cycling back and forth through all of these until you get to a point where the grief is resolved. That first phase is the shock and the denial. You cannot believe that you have lost this person, that they're no longer here on earth. It's so unbelievable that the news can feel surreal 
And it's hard to believe that you'll no longer be able to talk to them again. And so there's that initial shock and no, it can't be happening. And I just can't believe it. That's that shock and denial phase. Secondly, you might become angry. Like, how could this be happening? This person was such a wonderful person. How could we be losing them? Or even angry that they're no longer there to help with the workload. And with that anger may also come a sense of guilt because it's not the person's fault that they're not here. And in most cases, they would certainly choose to be here if they could. And yet, because of our own loss, that anger does pop up. Thirdly, there's a sense of grief, true grief, and just feeling down, feeling sad, maybe even to the point of feeling depressed. Because when we lose someone that's important to us, lose someone that's close to us, we feel that at a very deep level. So there's the sadness. And what I want to say is we're going through these five areas. You cannot really skip any of these and be healthy. So I'm going to encourage you, whatever phase you're in, whatever comes up, allow that to bubble up to the surface so you can experience it and you get through grief by moving through it, not by avoiding it. You must go through it. And then the fourth phase is what we call like a bargaining phase. It's like, oh, well, you know, if I do this, maybe things will be better. Or maybe almost in a magical sense, they might come back. And so you find yourself in there thinking about, well, what ifs and what could I have done or what could I do now or what might make this situation different? And then eventually you come to a phase that is the acceptance phase. You realize you've experienced a tremendous loss. You know the person's not coming back. You've felt the sadness. You've felt the hurt, the pain, the anger. And you realize there's no bargaining you can do to change the circumstances. And finally, you therefore accept this is the reality. And then you're ready to move forward and to craft life now without that person who was so important. Now, as I mentioned, you will cycle through these five phases more than once and in various different orders. And how long a person takes to go through grief is very individual. Some people take a shorter period of time. Some people take a long time. Some people will be very sad and they may be in tears and others might appear stoic. Everyone processes the grief, experiences it in their own unique way. What you want to realize, though, is that grief does take up space in the heart and mind of each person. And because of that, in the workplace, people may be slower when doing their work. They might be distracted. They might have thoughts about their own mortality and some fears about that. It may even open up wounds from past losses and past griefs of other friends or relatives. And for a period of time, People in your workplace may be just less efficient or less effective. And this is especially true the more people felt close to the colleague. 
So when you're in a situation like this, you want to be very flexible in your workplace. There are some who, upon hearing the news, they really can't work anymore that day. They might have to go home. There are others whose workloads might need to be temporarily reduced. There are some who may just need their top core priorities to focus on, and maybe they just get a little grace on some of the other areas. Not everyone is going to need this. Not everyone is going to feel it, but some of your workforce will. So it's not one size fits all by any means, and you want to be sensitive to where your people are and what they need. As the business leader, you also want to communicate to your workforce about this loss and this incident that's happened. You want to give facts about the situation, whatever can be shared. You want to express condolences and leave room for feelings that come up, including as a business leader, your own feelings about loss and missing this person or the shock that you may be in. You also want to offer to your workforce, you want to say to them, let us know what you need. That includes the flexibility and the work schedule or whatever to get through this season. And again, for some, it'll be short and some, it may be long. As a company, as an organization, you want to take the time to plan a company version of the celebration of the life of the person who's been lost or a memorial service of some sort. Definitely work with your workforce, your employees to determine what that should look like for your organization and in your setting. Some people might have a form of a fireside chat where you're sitting around together and you're sharing stories and memories and remembrances of this person. You're sharing the good that you want to retain. You're even telling funny stories, talking about their special quirks and their special characteristics and sharing those stories. Often it's in those fireside chats that people learn things about the one who's deceased that they didn't even know before. And it just helps everyone to appreciate the person all the more. You are going through a collective healing process in creating the space and the room to celebrate the person's life. Other organizations may do something more tangible. You might want to plant a tree, perhaps grow a memorial garden, or put a plaque on the wall. There's so many ways the person's life can be celebrated, and you want to engage the workforce to determine what's best for you and your organization. Sometimes there will be some outside services that the company can participate in that the family may be sponsoring. And in some scenarios, you might even invite some of the family members to even your company celebration of life. In the short term, while you're going through all of the shock and denial of the situation, you still, as a business leader, have to move forward and you have to get the work done. If this person was core to your business, that means that short term, there are duties that have to be distributed to other people. If the person has died suddenly, 
You may also have to figure out who is going to go in and box up the person's personal belongings, clean out the office, and all of these kinds of tasks. Eventually, you also will need to post that person's job and find a new person to fill that role. Different people are going to be in different states of readiness when it's necessary for you to begin the job search and the hunt. So it's very important to put out messages that indicate you know that the one who's been lost can never be replaced. They have their own special place in the organization. And so though you are filling the position, you are not replacing that person. That can be an important aspect to share with the workforce. One way I think about it is to think about great athletes sometimes who, when they retire, they also retire their number because there is no replacement for that athlete, even though that team, that athletic team, certainly does recruit a different player. There will be some employees, depending on their own wiring, and how close they were to the deceased, who may have a harder time. And in those cases, you may want to make some referrals to the employee assistance program. Some people may require some additional counseling or to have some private grief work outside of the work setting. In your organization, you may be wondering when you might need to bring a grief counselor into the organization to help your workforce walk through this. In most cases, it may not be necessary, especially if you do the celebrations that we're talking about and acknowledge the person's contributions, then that may actually serve as the counseling in essence that you need. However, there are circumstances where a grief counselor is necessary and maybe should be accessed right at the beginning. If you've had like a catastrophic and traumatic event in the workplace, such as a shooter comes in and shoots a number of people, and maybe this is the only one who dies, but this is a traumatic event, there's that tragedy, that probably will require some collective grief counseling work on the part of the workforce. Or if let's say because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and an outbreak in your business, a whole segment of people were lost as a result of that. That probably will require a grief counselor. Or perhaps the death is under unusual circumstances, such as the person takes their life at their desk at work, or it's a suicide, or a murder, or something of that sort. Each situation is different. And what you want to do is gauge where your workforce is, find out what they need, continue to communicate all along the way at different stages. And when it's clear they need something that has not yet been provided, then take the steps to provide what's needed. Here's something to keep in mind. How you handle this loss and how you treat the memory of the one who is gone is speaking volumes to your workforce that is remaining. And you want to communicate to your workforce 
the value of people in your business. If you move on as though it's business as usual, there's no time to acknowledge the loss or the memory of the person. People in the workplace may feel a sense of being devalued. They may feel as though they're being treated like replaceable cogs in a wheel. This may be so devastating that some of your workforce may choose to leave your business as a place of employment because that will feel so unpleasant to them. So I encourage you, take time to honor the people who you have lost. Show your values as a company in how you honor those people. Let your employees be proud of the company and what you stand for because of how you walk out those values in this difficult time of loss and grief of a coworker. And if you would like more assistance on this, more information, please feel free to reach out to me and I'm happy to walk with you through the specific steps that might make more sense for you and your organization. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.